Hello and welcome to the Post to Post podcast. It is podcast number 70. It is the final podcast of the regular season. Well, actually, the, I guess the regular season is over now, so it's... Yeah, it's the final part. It's the first podcast of the postseason. Oh, you could say it that way, I too. I guess so, yeah. It's actually doing double duty. It is. We are yeah. We are one day after the end of the regular season. Uh, there was a ridiculous amount of games on yesterday. Every single team played except for one. Anaheim finished their season Friday night. Uh, they were the only team to do that. They're so. probably sitting home Friday night going... What's wrong with us? How come we're not in on this big last blast? Because I sucked this year. And there's only an odd number of teams, so someone had to do it. Yeah, someone had to do it. And they're probably happy. Like, they got Friday night, they're done. Saturday night, everyone else is working, and I'm sitting back taking cool. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, so what's your thoughts on this season, just overall? More exciting than I thought it was going to be. Uh, higher scoring than I thought it was going to be. In fact, I think just in the last day or two of the regular season, someone's goal made it the most high-scoring season, I think, ever, uh, when they add up all the goals scored by all the teams in all the games. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a, a high number. I like a lot of scoring. That's why it took me so long to get to like soccer, because there wasn't any. And uh, But I like big saves, too. Sometimes a, a one nothing game or a nothing nothing game can be a very exciting hockey game to watch. So it's not just about the goals, mm-hmm. but I like a high-scoring game generally because yep. goals are beautiful. Yeah, I and, agree. Uh, so I, I thought the season, it ended up more or less the way we thought it was going to, I think, yeah. with, the, with the the A teams at the top. The West, we were a little off, but uh, in the East, the, the players are there, the main players. And uh, I thought it was a, a good season. I, I, th- I thought it was a real good season too. I, I think the biggest story, as far as uh, if you just taking the whole league and looking at it, is the difference between the East and the West. As far as, um, I mean, they're both competitive, but obviously, you look at the East. You've got, I think, five teams with a hundred or more points, and in the West, I think there's two. Mm. So that's uh, there's a pretty big discrepancy there. I mean, Montreal had 96 points, didn't make the playoffs, and has more points than three of the teams in the Western Conference that made the playoffs. So it just shows you how competitive the East actually was. Um, so I think that, I think it was a real good season as far as a hockey fan, just like just strictly watching hockey. Um, maybe maybe you're a Buffalo fan and, and this season obviously sucked. Like, unfortunately, many recent seasons of the Buffalo Sabres, but if you like hockey in general, you're probably watching other games too, and it was probably a pretty good season as far as mm-hmm. watchability. So uh, there's a lot of good storylines this year. And, and you just said what I was thinking. There's a lot of good stories spread out across the entire league. If you are like me and and like a Buffalo fan or sometimes mostly a Toronto fan who, who doesn't always have a team to cheer for <clears throat> when the time comes, then you can find a story to cheer for, mm-hmm. right? So, so okay, Montreal's out of the playoffs. What story are you story are you cheering for? Who? Overall, yeah, um, I'm I'm cheering for several stories. One of them's the New York Islanders story. I think it's a wonderful story so far. I think it has a way to go yet. I uh, won't reveal my my bracket predictions, but uh, we're going to do that later. But I have them done. Uh, I love the story of the St. Louis Blues comeback. And, oh, and yeah. you tweeted or retweeted this uh, just last night or the day before. In January, at one point, they were 31st in the league. January 2nd. And for a little brief moment of time yesterday, because their game was early, they were actually uh, on top of their division. If Nashville and Winnipeg had have lost last night, St. Louis would have been on top of their division. And that is a fantastic <laughs> story. It's not quite as fantastic as the numbers would show, because in that last 10 games, they went 8-1-1, one, and one, but they played some pretty B-level teams to do that. But still, it doesn't matter. It was great. Hockey. And and they did it with a rookie goaltender. They did. Bennington was just lights out. So, like, and there's great. a lot of stories like that this year in the NHL. So uh, it was a pretty good season. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll get the ankle update out of the way now because I know people are just going to ask. So uh, I got my cast off Monday. Oh, Monday, last Monday, so six days ago. April Fool's Day. April Fool's Day, yeah. And uh, the x-rays looked good. Everything looked fine. Um, I had the option of keeping the cast on for another two weeks or taking it off and getting a walking boot. Uh, I chose to take the cast off so I, because I, I wanted to start getting a little bit more movement in my ankle. And uh, I wanted to, I thought maybe it would help me sleep better. And still having a really hard time sleeping. You can probably tell I look really tired. It's it's not an illusion. I am really tired. I'm, I've been having a, lot, a hard time sleeping. Um, it's it's, it's kind of weird. I can put my ankle, 
I can lay it sideways now on the bed, but it's so sensitive that I can detect a crease in a sheet or a blanket or anything. Like, you know, at the end of the sheet where it's kind of wrapped on itself backwards and then sewed, Mm -hmm. I can, that little, that little raise in the sheet actually causes me pain because it's not completely flat or soft. So it's really, really sensitive. So it's, 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 it's frustrating to try and sleep because it doesn't really hurt that much, but it hurts enough where it's just always there. And when you're not watching TV or if you're not playing video games or doing what else, and you're just trying to sleep, it's the only thing you can think of. So <laughs> that's that's the problem. Yeah. Um, but I have this walking cast for 29 days from the appointment. So on April 29th this month, I'll go back for x-rays and um, go from there. I, I still can't put any weight on it. I'm still on crutches. I can't technically walk. Um, still no weight bearing. And I'll hopefully start physio after April 29th, basically at the beginning of May, I'll start physio and uh, start putting weight back on it and go from there. Right on. <laughs> um, as far as post to post is concerned, this week was a pretty slow week uh, for two reasons. Number one, my ankle, since I had my cast off, uh, putting the walking boot on was painful and time consuming. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I was, I was more reluctant to 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 just stay where I was and and not have to go through the process of of putting that on and coming downstairs. Um, but th- the main reason was that I wanted this to be the calm before the storm. Uh, the playoffs I knew were starting coming up. I knew that we had to make a lot of videos um, after this week. We have eight videos to make as far as a video for every series preview. We have a bracket prediction video to do. So that's nine. And then we have 15 uh, seasonal report card videos to do probably in the next two weeks. You're, you're likely not going to be a part of those videos. Um, so don't worry about that. But I'll need you for the first nine. And those nine need to come out all before Thursday. So Okay. And I think five or six of them need to come out before Wednesday. Yeah, that's right. So uh, I thought the season or the playoffs began on Thursday, but no, no, it's Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so we have to get moving. I do apologize for the lack of content in the past week, but uh, the good news is there's going to be more than content than you probably have time to watch in the in the next week coming. So another thing I want us to do, uh, I think you do too. We just uh, haven't mentioned it yet. How did our October first seasonal predictions for point standings? play out at the end of it all. And yeah. now we know the answer. We have to go back to our predictions. I've done that already myself. I have as well. <laughs> and uh, I've, I've had a look. I've even, not so much that we're in competition with each other, but I've done an aggregate total of, of who was farthest away in each of the four divisions as far as trying to call the point totals right. Uh, uh, so uh, that'll be coming up and I'll be looking forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm pretty sure I didn't get any point total exactly right. There's a couple I got one off. I got two exactly right. Yeah, I didn't get, didn't get any exactly right. <laughs> uh, when I did that, I did it more so uh, what where I thought the team should and could be versus I'm going to pick this team to tank. So all of my po- point totals were really high. I don't think I had anyone under 70 whatever. Hmm. Um, but I knew that one of the teams was going to be down in the 60s, probably in, in each division. I just didn't know what team it was and I didn't want to risk choosing the wrong team. So I I tried to pick the points more towards the ceiling in the middle versus the bottom. Yeah, you had nobody in the 60s. No. Um, Should we continue the podcast during the playoffs? As a consumer of podcasts generally, I think there's a lot to be said for regularity. Mm -hmm. And that that also applies to the digestive system. But it it really applies to to podcasts. Um, If you do a podcast every Sunday... People come to rely on it, and you can see from the comments. I look at the comments after our podcast, and people write, and my Sunday is complete. Finally, the podcast is up, and I don't know what I'd do without this podcast. And I'm sure they would find something to do, but my preference would be yes. It doesn't have to be as long. It doesn't. Ha- it won't be uh, as long if we're just talking results because there might only be four or five games the previous day to talk about. Uh, but I think the podcast 
is important enough to keep on a regular schedule that we should do something. I was wondering if we should not do it. I, I still want to do it, and we're still going to do it, but I was wondering if we should not do it just because there's not going to be that much to talk about. I, it just, it just, it, it happens at a weird time because there's going to be points where some rounds end on like a Saturday or, or something or a Friday, and then we're going to make videos recapping each series. And then we're going to do a podcast talking about the exact same stuff all over again. I just don't know if there's enough to talk about in each podcast. I almost only consume podcasts on a podcast audio only aggregator. I happen to use uh, pod something. It's, it's just an app in my Android. Mm -hmm. There's some people use iTunes, some people use whatever. Is it Podbean? It's not Podbean. Podbean is where a lot of the podcasts are stored. But I don't use Podbean to actually gather my podcasts. It's an application that's called Beyond Pod. Okay. And I like it quite well. It's got a, a free version and a paid version. I threw in the extra three bucks a couple of years ago to make it so that it was more efficient for what I wanted it to do. And I'm very happy with it. But there's so many that are good. What I can do with mine, though, is I can download all the new podcasts every night at 10 p.m. Everything I'm subscribed to comes in at 10 o'clock. I can look at the list of newly downloaded things. I can put them in a playlist and order them so to follow one right after the other. And then all night long I sleep listening to podcasts. Okay, so what's your point? My point is I would want to have a regular I, – I, I really value regular podcasts because mm. I know you like, that they're going to be You like there. to stay regular. I like to stay regular. It's Regularity is very important <laughs> uh, to me. All right. Yeah, that sounds good. All right. Uh, no guarantee that there'll be very long podcasts during the playoffs, depending on the Sunday. Also, you're going to be away for three weeks at the end of May into June. So, And I will need to listen to your podcast to know what's going on back here. That's true. That's true. I will have some special guests on some podcasts. So, so I, I guess back to the po point I never finished, and it's not your fault. I ran out of gas and I turned the corner. Um, the audio-only consumers of this podcast, however many they are, and you know more than I do, they don't see the other things we do. Mm -hmm. They're they're not the ones that that have watched YouTube religiously every day and catch That's up on everything. That's so the, the audio-only folks are missing out on the on the video podcasts and shows. I guess I never thought of that. I never thought that someone just listens to our podcast and doesn't follow us on YouTube. Oh, yeah. But I'm sure there's some. Oh, there, there have to be. And it would be interesting to know how many just do that as opposed to both or as opposed to the just yeah, do the other. Um, but I, I'm thinking that people who download the podcast audio only are likely most of them listening to just the audio. Because if they had the video too, why why wouldn't they look at our faces if they had the opportunity is what I'm saying. Why would they look at our faces? <laughs> Maybe that's why the audio only is doing pretty well. Exactly. <laughs> I can still get the content and not have to look at those two mugs. That's right. <laughs> um, any suggestions? Uh, let us know if you wanted the podcast to stop or continue. Please let us know in the comments. Uh, we definitely want to know. Uh, any, if you have any, any other suggestions, I would like to know as well. Uh, one thing we are going to do over the next coming weeks, I don't know when we're going to do it, but not in the first two weeks of this playoffs, that's for sure. Uh, NHL goalie masks. So we, we do this every year. Uh, goalies usually change their mask design every single year. So uh, we're going to do it by division. So there's going to be four videos and we're just going to look at a picture of the mask uh, of the goalie and basically just talk about it, react to it. So that's coming up. I know people really like those videos. So uh, you can expect that in probably like three weeks. Um, there's going to be a having a yak coming up soon with Chris. I think he's coming over sometime this week. So if you're not subscribed to the second channel, please subscribe to our second channel, more post to post. So you can check that out. Uh, there's going to be an NRL Jersey ranking on the second channel, which is the uh, National Rugby League, I think, in okay. Australia, maybe. Uh, there's some pretty cool jerseys, actually, from or kits or whatever they call them. I don't even know what they call them, but um, some pretty cool ones, so ch check that out. So that's all for news that I have, I think, before we get into some hockey talk. If, mm -hmm. Do you have anything else? Or? Uh, it'll probably get done in the hockey talk, okay. so I'm good. Did you hear them talking... On, I think it was the, do they still call it a satellite hot stove? That's what I still think of it as. That's what I it, call it's it. it's after 40 minutes, I uh, think is the actual name of it. Brought to you by a certain smartphone company. Because satellite hot stove 
is a weird name. It is. But it's so normal to us that, yeah. So uh, anyways, they were talking with the OT shot clock. Brian Burke wanted to implement a shot clock. In, it's on in my OT. list to talk about, right? Aaron? And I thought that was really strange and not necessarily in a bad way, even though I disagree with it. Uh, not really in a bad or good way. It was just strange. It doesn't, I don't think it really fits into what hockey is about, but his point was that overtime is not what they wanted. It's not turned into what they wanted. They wanted five minutes of relentless, fast-paced, exciting hockey, and it's turned into the coaches managing the players to play extremely smart, come back. You know, if you're in the zone and you can't get anything going, come back out of the zone with the puck, yourself, your decision, get a line change, try again. It's not it's not relentless hockey. It's turning into this chess match, basically, of possession. And uh, his point was, if you had a shot clock of 30 seconds, you had 30 seconds to get a shot. The question is, what happens if you don't get a shot? Well, or attempt a shot in 30 seconds? David Amber asked him that question last night, I think it was. and uh, I didn't like his answer. I, I did but like his answer. What what answer? I know you would because you're weird, but uh, it, basically his answer was that there there's two answers. One, there's a whistle, which is, which I think... Is, hate that. I, I hate that as well. Hate That's that. stupid. Uh, two, you you lose possession of the puck. You give the you give possession away um, to the other team. I just I just don't see that happening. It just it just doesn't make sense in the game of hockey. I think it could. I'm not sure yet what I think about the overall idea of a shot clock. I think uh, I'm probably 49 percent in favor of it, and I still would rather not do it. I don't mind the dangling. There's some great skill shown in the dangling. I don't when, mind it when, either when they bring it back out and. And as Berkey said at the beginning of his piece uh, last night, over 60% of the games are decided in yeah. overtime. So they are getting done what they wanted to have done, as exactly. that, which is fewer shootouts. It's working. So let it work. I don't, like, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it as well. I don't understand his big issue here. It looks like overtime hockey is 500% more exciting than regular hockey. And apparently it's still not And it's 1,000% more exciting than a shootout, Like I think. Uh, but but I I like the idea, and I think it would be the thin edge of maybe a very good wedge, and which would reduce the number of whistles in the game generally. If we could find a way to have the team during the play of the game, without the clock stopping and without a whistle, hearing a signal overhead that means they have to turn the puck over to the other side. In other words, they have to shoot it down on the other side and back up and wait for the rush. And they must get rid of it in two seconds or whatever it is. And if they don't do it when they're supposed to, then there's a face-off down in their own zone. Like they could correct for that. And get the fans used to a hockey game that flows more quickly, excuse me, that flows more quickly and allows the play to change hands without requiring a face-off. I'm actually very intrigued by that. Just in overtime or in general? Well, I think it would have to start just in overtime. But if it started working well... But I, I don't understand. I don't think that you can change the backbone of a game just because it's like overtime is still hockey like it's not like it's a different league or if it's a different like it's it's still in the game it's still like you can't just you can't change the way hockey is played well they've already done it with overtime by going down to three on three yeah but that's possible in a regular hockey game rare but yeah possible. It's rare You're but right. it's still possible it's possible so it's not that different than you know like it's just I don't know. I, don't I just know. don't like it. I, what's clear here from one end to the other, whichever you feel about overtime generally or shootouts, it's clear that if guys like Burke is talking about it, then there's guys like Burke who aren't able to talk about it. They don't have a platform that he's got. But other people are obviously thinking of ways to fix overtime. Why fix what's not broken? Some people would say overtime's not broken, just leave it the way it is. I think I'm in that camp still, but not solidly. I don't like, as you know, and regular listeners, viewers would know, I'm not a fan of this at all. I would rather the game end in a damn tie, each team get one point, and in a winning game, the winner gets three points and the losing team gets none. Make them play for it hard, end the game in a tie, stop these three and three and a half hour hockey games, with shootouts and a just protracted, long, like, get her done. I'm tired I of I hate that. the shootouts, too. I don't understand why. Like, I would say 90% of the people have an issue with the shootout versus the overtime. 
Like, why are we concerned with the overtime and trying to fix that? Hmm. It's not the issue, in my opinion. Here's here's something you could do. You could say, forget shootouts. We're never going to do shootouts again. We're going to play an overtime period, three on three, until someone scores. And then we go Heck home. yeah. That'd be great. It wouldn't take that long. No, it wouldn't. Because almost all of them are done within the five minutes anyway. Yeah. So if it takes six or seven minutes of three on three really cool looking hockey, yeah. get her done. Because by the time they stop to scrape the ice, to get ready, to do their list up of who's going to be the shooter, yeah. then one person at a time, the a real overtime continuing would be over by then. Exactly. It would be at least five another five minutes. Get it done. Like, Gary? Number one, great for television. No one's going to be in the sixth minute of a three-on-three overtime and be like, eh, I don't really want to watch this. Yeah, that's right. That's not going to happen. Yeah. Number two, the fans in the arena would be losing their mind because it would, it's going to be so exciting. Yeah. Uh, and the players, it gives a chance for all the players to play in an overtime because sometimes now there's some players that don't get a chance to play. So, Yeah, um, and, and then you then if you have a regulation or overtime win, that's the only two ways you can win. Give them all the same amount of points and away you go. Forget the shootout win, yeah, I agree. which is two points that aren't really as good as two points that you get in overtime. It's just so dumb. They're, they're, they're band-aiding so much about the game they could step back and go more to basics and, and probably come up with a better product. Yep, I agree. Well well said. That's how. Uh, McDavid got injured last night. Did you, you, yeah. you probably saw the highlight. Did you watch the game? I, I the saw song? the highlight and then that prompted me to go back and watch the game. So I, I did some fast forwarding and some skippies, but I did watch the whole game, Okay, including uh, the injury. I did as well. Uh, fairly decent game. Scary injury. Reminded me of the Stamkos injury a couple of years ago. He broke his ankle. Um, and he was out for five months and, uh, McDavid kind of hit the post the same way. And he, we, we saw a little clip afterwards. He actually mouthed the words, it's broke, it's broke. So he thought that, he, that it was broken and he has a very high pain tolerance because when he broke his, was his clavicle? Is that the right word? Yep. He, Collarbone clavicle. Yeah. When he mm-hmm. broke that last season or whatever season it was, the season before, he got up off the ice and it didn't look like it phased him at all. And we, it didn't look that bad. And then at, later on, we found out, you know, it was pretty serious. And last night, it looked serious because he couldn't get up, but his face didn't look that, like it, he didn't look like he was in a lot of pain. No. And they were talking at the time about um, what an amazing pain threshold he must yeah. have, right? To. Uh... But I saw a tweet of someone in the arena who was near the outside of the dressing room, the oilish dressing room. And he said that he could hear McDavid yelling in pain in the dressing oh, room, wow. trying to get into the dressing room or trying to do something or whatever. So, so once he was uh, out of sight, once he was out of sight, yeah, uh, yeah, I guess it was pretty vocal. So he was all hockey player until he got down the hallway, and then then he could be a regular person. Exactly, <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> uh, and he was spotted leaving the arena in a, a wheelchair. Uh, so obviously, no weight on the foot or the leg whatsoever. And um, they did an X-ray. The X-ray looked fine. Apparently, nothing's broken. But there's from what an, they can tell, an MRI or something. And today. an MRI scheduled today. I don't know what that's going to reveal. If it's a knee issue, um, yeah. I don't think it's a knee issue because I originally thought that he dislocated his knee. But then I saw him on the ice with the knee flat. And it, when you have a dislocated knee, you can't have your knee flat, from what I understand. Um, so I knew it wasn't the knee at that point. Mm-hmm. And if it was something in the knee, I don't think that he would have been able to have a flat or roll over onto it like he did. Um, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure what it is. I, I don't know if it's a bone bruise or if it's. Well, what you can have in the, in the tibia is spiral fractures. So an x-ray might not even pick it up, but it's essentially a fracture that's inside the bone and it, it's more of a twisty fracture than a, than an actual break. Okay. So there, there could still be possibilities of, of some kind of fracturing, but when would you want that to happen? Probably in the third period of the last game of the season. <laughs> because even if it is some kind of a fracture or a, like you say, a bone bruise, he's got five or six months to get around it now. So. Yeah. Worst case scenario, it's five months. I, I think regardless of what it is, I think worst case scenario is between five to seven months. And I did the math that's September to November. So it's not that bad. As far as if you're an Oilers fan, you're worried about his future and stuff. He'll be back basically by the beginning of the next season. Hmm. Worst case scenario. Yeah, so. worst case. Best case scenario is just a really bad bruise uh, on his shin. And shins are, I guess, technically, they're probably not the most sensitive part of the body. 
But when you bang your shin on a coffee table oh. or whatever. Oh, yeah. I think the worst of it is that there's a distance between the shin and your your brain. And the nerve transmits the pain up, but it's almost like the speed of sound. You have a split second to anticipate the arrival of yeah, the pain. Yeah, totally. Same with the toe. If you ever stub your toe, like it hurts, but you know in about a second and a half, it's going to get real more painful. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyways, wish him all the best. While we're on the topic of McDavid, though, he became quite a, a tweeted person this past week when he made his dressing room comments mm. after they were officially eliminated. I don't see his comments as being outrageously controversial. I don't either. A lot of people were talking about what does it mean? Is he going to demand a trade and all this kind of stuff? I didn't see it that way at all. He's just expressing frustration that it wasn't a good season for the for everybody. I don't see his comments being uh, suspicious or anything like that. I really think that he is staying put. I mean, it, honestly, he likely didn't want to get drafted by Edmonton by the look on his face on draft day when or not draft day whenever the order was released if he didn't want to play for Edmonton he wouldn't have signed there he wouldn't have signed that big contract so I I honestly don't think he's going anywhere not now I mean if it keeps like this for the next two years or something maybe he'll request a trade I mean well why wouldn't he right he wants to win the Stanley Cup he's just wasting his years there if it continues but uh I don't know I, I don't think that I don't think Edmonton fans should panic. I don't think anyone should panic. I think it's just a frustration comment, so I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Interestingly, in his contract, he does not have a no-move clause. Really? According to Cap Friendly. He doesn't. So he he could be traded. Of course, he has a $12,500,000 salary hit. So no matter how good he is, there's a lot of teams that just can't take that on. So And not just that. <clears throat> the amount that it would take to... The amount that they would have to give up to get McDavid oh, yeah. is the real issue. Yeah. So I, I think he's an oiler for the long haul. I think so, too. Yeah. And and if they keep putting together, look at Dreisaitl, um, maybe Koskinen will get good again. Uh, they could still put together a good contending team and be where they need to be in a couple of years. They can. I mean, they did it a couple of years ago. I really thought that the, that wasn't a fluke, mm-hmm. <clears throat> looking like it might have been a little bit, but... Uh, yeah, I, I still I think they have it in them. I think that they can be competitive again uh, sooner rather than later. So, wish them all the best. Yeah, it might be a few <laughs> years. So they need to shed Lucic's contract or buy it out or or bury it. You know, in the last couple of years, that's not going to happen yep. uh, quickly. But it's going to have to happen at some point. Yeah, I yeah, agree. Very good. Uh, any other news you want to talk about? Um, things that will come up. Uh, it's more of a kicker for the end, but I do have and don't let me forget to talk about it. Uh, Sean McIndoe, uh from The Athletic, he wrote a very interesting column with which touched on several topics last week. One of them was the camera use in TV broadcasts. Oh, really? And I'd like to share that at some point. It doesn't have to be yeah, great. Yeah, do it now. All right, I will. Uh, Sean McIndoe, and you may know him from Down Goes Brown. Uh, that's his Twitter handle. He's, he's based in Ottawa. He's uh, Okay, I know that Twitter handle, but... I guess I've never said it out loud before. I heard it being said out loud. Yeah. Anyway, that's him. He's. Uh, I haven't followed him closely, but but when I do see the odd opinion from him that I like, I I like it. And uh, so here's here's what he talks about uh, the the TV broadcasts. And if if you don't mind, and with apologies to the athletic and to Sean, I'm going to read some of it actually right off. Uh, hey, I'd- people who direct NHL telecasts, can we have a word? You folks have tough jobs, and for the most part, you do great work. Thanks for that. It can't be easy to keep track of one of the world's fastest sports, one where the action can switch direction based on a quick play here or a random bounce there and still make all those split-second decisions in real time. I know I couldn't do it, so kudos. But I'd like to ask you for one favor, especially as we get closer to the playoffs and your natural sense of the dramatic starts to perk up. At some point over the next few days and weeks, you're going to be doing a game where a team is trailing and pulls its goalie for an extra attacker as the seconds tick away. And chances are the other team might get the puck and fire a long-distance shot at that vacated net. It's a big moment. I need you to listen to me. Do not cut to the live shot over the camera inside the net. Please, I know it seems like a cool thing to do. I know that it feels like a chance to get a perfect shot of the puck sliding into the net to seal the game at exactly the right moment from the closest possible vantage point. 
But that almost never happens. Instead, you're almost always a little too late to make the cut, and the whole thing is disorienting. And most of the time, the puck goes wide anyway, and now we don't know if icing is being signaled or whether there's a race for the puck because you've stuck us inside the net. Stop it. Yeah, that's a good point. The viewers really don't need you to get creative. There are two and only two angles we need to see while the play is going on. The classic side view and an occasional closer shot on a puck carrier on or corner battle. And honestly, if you accidentally forgot to use that second one, we'd be fine with it. Yes, agreed. Stick with the standard view until the whistle blows and we're good. All those other angles are great for replays or when we're between the action, but when the play is happening, we don't need the behind-the-net shot for power plays or the tracking shot of the goalie being pulled or the dramatic zooming skycam shot of the opening face-off and definitely not the inside-the-net shot of an empty net goal being scored or not scored or who knows what because we can't tell because you just switched away from the only angle that was telling us what was happening. Yes. Get creative on the replays if you must, but while things are actually happening, just chill out. And show us the game. Yes, agreed. The viewers. Really well said. Me. So great uh, words there from Sean McIndoe. Very similar to some things we've said in the past. Uh, he's uh, he's right on there. Bang on. Heck so, yeah. Right on. I Boom. love that. That's awesome. Boom. Uh, I guess during our talk about uh, last night's results, we'll have an opportunity to uh, pay tribute to Bob Cole. It was his last broadcast, so we can do that. Uh, we already talked about the shot clock and... Uh, yeah, I'm good now. You good? I'm good. Uh, playoff matchups. Are you aware of what the playoff matchups are? I'm Absolutely. Assuming, assuming you are. Absolutely. Uh, the They are as follows. Uh, Tampa Bay versus Columbus. What's your just quick quick thoughts on Tampa Bay versus Columbus? Uh, it'll be a good practice for Tampa Bay. <laughs> You're really just like... Totally. Completely. If Columbus wins one game, it'll be all. They'll win. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm, Tampa Bay is going to crunch them. Well, crunch them. Are you talking like sweep? That's, I say it's 51% chance it's a sweep. It's a 49% chance it's four games to one, five game series, and they're gone. Wow. They're gone. Interesting. They expended so much emotional energy. They played well uh, to get that last playoff spot, but they just barely got it, as we saw, mm-hmm. to our dismay. And I would be making the same prediction about the Montreal Canadiens if they were sitting in that spot that Columbus is in too, getting crushed in the first round by Tampa Bay, who have had enough of being the uh, the ugly stepsister here. They want to mm-hmm. they want to win this thing, and it starts with a crushing victory, and then a nice little break while Boston and Toronto hash it out. Hmm. Interesting. If that series even goes very long. Okay. So what if Montreal had have got in gotten in and played Tampa? Crushed. <laughs> I'd be emotionally crushed and the team would be crushed. Wow. Yeah. They, they played well against Tampa Bay the other night. They actually won the game. First time this season they've beaten Tampa Bay. But, and I think one of the reasons Tampa Bay even was in that game until later on was Pasquale's goaltending. Yeah. He's fantastic. But Montreal, uh, they played their best and Tampa Bay didn't have to. And if Tampa Bay plays their best against Montreal, which I'm not sure they have all season when they play the Canadians, uh, they win. Yeah, I, I I think you're being a little bit harsh on on Columbus and Montreal. I think Columbus has a potential to probably win two games, maybe three. It like it depends on Bobrovsky. To to me, it, it depends on Bobrovsky. Uh, I I still think Tampa Bay is going to win that series. I don't want to. I guess I don't want to release who I think is going to win each series because we're going to do that in a video. But um, how excited are you for this series? Are you going to watch it? Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll watch everything. One good thing about your team not making the playoffs is you lose that emotional... On playoff game day over my entire life, when I was going to middle school, and, and that's when Montreal was winning all the time. Mm-hmm. On playoff game day, I was nervous. Definitely. I was I was dreading the, the two and a half or three hours of emotional roller coaster that was coming that night, yeah. knowing my team was probably going to win anyway, but not wanting to go through it. I remember sitting there as a kid, every time the puck came out of, outside the Montreal blue line, I'm like, oh. <laughs> and every time I came back in, I'm like, no. I was just, I was living and dying with every play. Now my team's not in it this year. I'm not happy that they're not in it. I'm definitely not happy. If I had my choice, I'd rather them be in it and go through that emotional roller coaster. Yeah. But I have to admit that it's a relief to not have that emotional Yes, time. I agree. I could watch the games just as a, as a student of the game of hockey and enjoy every play yep. and not worry about whether it's going to ruin my sleep or not. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so Boston, Toronto, what's your thoughts on that? I think Toronto suffers more or less the same fate as Columbus, frankly. That quickly? That quickly. I, I think Toronto will win a game. Wow, so no game seven this time. No, no. And for Toronto, that's probably just more mercy. Ooh. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Uh, Washington, Carolina? Washington, Carolina. Carolina will impress. I think they'll actually steal a couple of games there, but I don't think they can win the series. Ooh. I was wondering if you're going to pick Carolina as a sleeper to go. No, that's my Ooh. next prediction. The Islanders and the Penguins. I'm picking the Islanders there. Interesting. I'm going to pick you the Islanders. You think they're going to go deep? Uh, I think they're going to go a couple of rounds. I think the I think the Islanders can win the first round, and I think they'll be competitive in the second round against what I expect will be uh, the Capitals. I think the Islanders Capitals. I think the Islanders have what it takes to skate with Washington. So I'm I'm very interested in that series. I can't wait for that series. Can I tell you a secret? What's your secret? Which is not which is about to be come not a secret. I am all in on the Islanders from the East. Woo! Totally in on the Islanders. I, this is exciting. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I, and I'm actually really happy. Like, I'm not just predicting them to, to do well because they're a good team and all that. I'm I'm actually wanting them to do well, too. Yes, me it's, too. It would be the most fantastic story. Just imagine if Barry Trotz wins a cup, leaves the team, picks up another team that's not supposed to even hardly make it, and, oh, God, it would be just the best story ever. It would. There's so many other little stories in the team, too, that yeah. it's, it's such an easy team to cheer for. Uh, and get behind. So I'm, I'm, I really appreciate the Islanders uh, this year. And uh, I, I recently did my favorite teams. I guess it wasn't recently. It's probably four months ago now. Um, and already, I know that I'm going to have to redo that video because the Islanders have already jumped up that list just based on this year and the great storylines from the team. So yep. um, yeah, pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Nashville and Dallas. Dallas has done really well. They've put together a heck of a team. I think they can win a couple of games in a series with Nashville, but I think Nashville wins the series. Interesting. Winnipeg-St. Louis. Winnipeg-St. Louis is, that's the toughest one. Of all the ones I've looked at, that's the toughest one because on one hand, St. Louis has this amazing record. They're 8-1-1 in the last 10 games, but they've played Philadelphia. They've played the Rangers. They've played Edmonton. They've played New Jersey. They've played Vancouver. It's Mm -hmm. like some of those eight, games that they've uh, been in were games they should win. Mm -hmm. So their comeback numerically, I think, looks a little better than it really is because they only played two games against real competitive teams. They played a game against the Lightning and they played a game against Vegas. I think you're getting way caught up in these last 10 games because Winnipeg played all those exact same bad teams too just earlier in the season. Yeah. So their their point totals at the end of the – like. I don't see the last 10 games being significant at all for any team. But but I think it's significant because all those last 10 games happened since the trade deadline, since the teams got locked into their rosters. Winnipeg and St. Louis have not played each other, I don't think, since the trade deadline. I think all their games were in the first yeah, part of December the year. December 5th was the last time they played. Yeah, so we don't know what Winnipeg and St. Louis looks like anymore. We know what it did look like in the fall of uh, 2018. I think St. Louis is, I still, I'm going to pick Winnipeg to win that series, but I think it's going to go the distance and I think it's going to go to overtime in game seven. Oh. I think it's going to be that close and it's, I'm okay either way. We know it's going to be a great series. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be probably one of the, one of the best series, yeah. but likely not the best series in the West because the San Jose, <laughs> um, Vegas series is likely going to be the best series in maybe potentially the whole playoffs. Uh, I'm going to watch every second of that game and every amoeba inside (laughs) me is going to be thrilled. Um, What's your thoughts on that series? I think it'll be a seven game series as well. I think San Jose will be the dominant team in the series. Oh, really? I do. I do think so. I think that uh, Vegas... It would be nice if they could repeat the amazing run that they had last year. And I'd be okay if they did. I, I Actually, of the two teams, I like Vegas better than San Jose. I know you're a fan of the Sharks. But I do think San Jose, I think I think there's a sense of if we don't do it now, we'll never do it in San Jose. Yeah, and I, I think, agree. I think that will push yep. them quite far. Yep. So I think they have to do it now. Uh, I agree with that statement. I don't <clears throat> think it's going to be as easy as, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like, I'm cheering for San Jose because they are my second favorite team. But since I was down in Vegas last year during the playoffs, mm-hmm. and that team really has a special place in my heart. So it's it's hard for me to cheer against Vegas. It's I, 
I love San Jose, but it's it's really hard for me to cheer against Vegas. So that's going to be a tough series for me to have any kind of emotional investment in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to be okay regardless of who wins that series, to be honest. Yeah. So I'm hoping Vegas wins it, actually, I, for, for Turk Gallant and, and for this, the continuation of that great storyline. Yeah. I uh, hope Vegas wins. I just don't think it's going to happen, but. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's gonna yeah. it's gonna be a good series. Mm-hmm. Uh, Calgary, Colorado. I think that'll be pretty overwhelming for Calgary. Uh, Calgary has some question marks, but I think this is their chance. This is the best chance they've had. This is the best performance they've had in a regular season since the time they last won the cup in 1989. They have put together a tremendous hockey team. There are little question marks on on the back end and goal in particular because some of their goalies can have really good nights and then stinker. Uh, but I think this series will be fairly short. I think Calgary will win it fairly handily. I agree. I, I think Calgary's going to win. Uh, I think if they play Mike Smith every game, they're going to lose. Yeah, that's the problem. I, on, I honestly believe that they should not start Mike Smith. Uh, I just think it's... He's a good goalie, but he's so inconsistent. Mm-hmm. There are times where he looks absolutely unbelievable, and times he looks like a peewee goalie. Yeah, just letting in soft goals, and he's so emotionally invested to a fault. He he gets so frustrated when things go wrong that it affects his play, and you can't have that, especially as a goaltender. Mm-hmm. So um, I really would like to see Riddick in the net. Yeah, primarily Calgary has, I guess, one good thing happening here is they they have had success with Riddick, and if they put him in, it's not the end of the world. When Montreal was having some questionable games in the last 15 or 20 games and they put in the Emmy in, you may, you may as well just go home. Yeah. Like he'd run out of whatever mojo he had. The Emmy's... He, he, he's, he's toast. The Emmy's toast. Yeah. And uh, they didn't have McNevin available at the time or, and, or Lindgren, like they were available, I guess, but not like why bring them up just to set them on the bench if you're going to play Gary Brace anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, as we saw last night, Montreal does have some other talent. Calgary has more of that. It's not quite the Islander situation where they can go, you know, Leonard uh, back mm. and forth with uh, Grice and Leonard, but uh, they're pretty good. So, Did you see the interview post-game? The uh, post... Yeah, it was a Calgary game. No. Uh, Derek Ryan, the story of Derek Ryan. He, no, I didn't. had a very good interview with, um, I think it was Scott Oak and... What's it? Was it Damien someone? Oh, there's Damian Cox. Damian Cox. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways, he was telling the story of of basically his life. He's a pretty monotone guy, uh, so the interview wasn't that lively. But uh, it was his story is really good. He he played for he's from Spokane, and he played for the Spokane Chiefs, and then he played for University of Alberta for a little bit. Uh, he did four years there, I think. And he wants to be a pharmacist. He did like he's got his full degree and everything. Oh wow. Uh, and then he went to like Italy, I think, to play hockey or somewhere. And then he went to Sweden, maybe. He, anyways, he spent a lot of time in Europe. And he came back. He got an opportunity in North America to play hockey uh, with the Charlotte Checkers, which is the Carolina Hurricanes AHL team. And then he made it up to Carolina. And now he's on Calgary. And he's having a pretty good year. Uh, he's been really, really good, specifically since the trade deadline. So it's cool to see a player's journey personally through the game of hockey he's he's 32 he's not oh wow he's not a young pup mm-hmm. but it's his i don't know third or fourth year in the nhl i can't i don't know what it is maybe second or third or whatever um but he's been an extremely promising asset for calgary and he's going to be going into the playoffs so it's a really good interview uh if you can find it online definitely watch it it's he's got a really interesting story very so, good yeah good. Uh, and there's a lot of little stories like that around the league that's what makes this season so memorable. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, I guess that's all I have on that piece of paper. Uh, as far as the game recaps, I, is there really any point about going into depth in, in all of these games from last night? I really don't think there is. So uh, I watched four games. I'm going to talk about four games in depth. The other, the other ones, I'm literally just going to read the scores because I didn't watch the highlights and I don't really mm-hmm. care because they don't really mean anything anymore. So... Uh, the first game on was the Tampa Bay-Boston game. I did watch that game. Uh, terrible defense on both sides. Rask sucked. Did you, did you watch that game? I did not. It was terrible. Um, he let in some soft goals, really soft goals. 
uh, concerningly soft goals going into the playoffs. So, and Boston actually had a two nothing lead early in that game. Yes, like they, they did. were they were carrying the game, and then they got Tampa Bay got three goals in the second and three more in the third or something, and just blew it was away. a blur. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, but Kucherov got 128 points, which is awesome. He, he broke the record for Russian most points by a Russian player in a season. Oh wow! Uh, McGillney had that previous record in ninety three or 96 or whatever it was. Uh, so huge news for, for Kucherov and mm-hmm. the country of Russia as well and all the players. Um, and he, he got as many points as the Tampa Bay Lightning did. <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That is. That is. And they, they got 62 wins with that victory, which I think ties the NHL record for It ties wins. Detroit, I think, doesn't yeah. it? They got 62 wins out of 82 games. Uh, not bad. Them. Yeah. Not bad. Um. The St. Louis-Vancouver game, St. Louis won 3-2. to two. Uh, Absolutely excellent game. I don't know if you've... Did you watch that game? I did not. It was a, a, f- a phenomenal game. Uh, goalies were fantastic. The overtime and shootout were... I mean, the shootout was exciting. I'm not going to lie. It was, it was pretty exciting. The goalies were so good that... Uh, I think only one or two people scored in the shootout. It was, it was pretty fantastic. So it was, it was a really good game. Big win for St. Louis as well, so... Big win, and, and for that brief moment of time, for a few hours, yeah. they were uh, number one exactly. in their division, which is great. Uh, the Montreal-Toronto game was on next. Montreal won 6-5 to five in a shootout. Uh, it was a very open game. I think both teams had 49 shots, which is ridiculous. Not much defense was being played, and not much neutral zone trapping was going on. It was a run and gun. It was a run and gun. Yeah. Uh, it was a great game. It was Bob Cole's last game, which was which is good to hear. He's got an amazing voice and some great uh, terms. And sayings that he loves loves to say, so it was cool to to, to hear him him have his final game and he get lots of praise. We we harp on him quite a bit, and even I was last night. He has no idea who's on the ice half the time. It's fine. He's old. It's done with now. Uh, I still have good memories of Bob Cole. It's a great game last night, uh, and very poetic considering what happened. Game goes to overtime, and the shootout. So it was extended. He gets a little bit more time on air than he originally thought. Mm. Yeah. And uh, Ryan Paling got a hat trick in the game in his first Un- NHL game. Real was able to be called by Bob Cole, and then the game-winning goal in the shootout was Ryan Paling as well, called by Bob Cole. So that that's something because Bob Cole is now done. He he won't be doing any broadcast in the playoffs, at least for CBC. And he passed a torch in a way, and he got to call Ryan Paling's very first NHL game, in which this future superstar, I think gets a hat trick and the game-winning goal in the shootout. Mm. And it reminds me, this is to way off here, but Richard Petty's very last race in 1992 in Atlanta was Jeff Gordon's very first race. Oh, that's so interesting. their careers overlapped by one day. Mm. And Jeff Gordon raced and became a, a, a really a legend. He's a living legend of his own. And now he's a broad, broadcaster. Yeah, he's retired from driving. He drove for 25 years or almost 25 years. And I just wonder, you see that that handover. You've got someone who has 50 years in broadcasting. And I've, I've been a big critic of Bob Cole, but I, I won't be today. Not today. Mm. Uh, 50 years of broadcasting since 1969 when I was a child. And he's been doing games uh, all along. And he, like you say, he's had some great calls. Uh Man, famous tournaments and Stanley Cup finals and all that. It's been just awesome. And then to have him get to call those goals by Ryan Paling. Mm. 20 years from now, when Ryan Paling is a 40-year-old, about-to-retire player, if he gets that far, someone will go back and say, actually, his first goals were called by Bob Cole. And mm. by then, Bob will probably be in the Hall of Fame, or if he, if he already isn't, I don't know. And it'll be something. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It, it'll be something. Last night was very, very special we'll, for a lot of reasons. We'll be we'll see highlights from the game last night. Literally twenty years from now, you're right. Like it, it, it was that kind of night. So yeah, pretty special for sure. The first goal is a bit, uh, bit junky. He was just standing there, and, and yeah, and they ended up counting it. There was a review on it, but Toronto was up two nothing at that point. I think weren't they? Y- or, yes, they were. And uh, so that goal brought Canadians back within one. Then he scored again, paling. So two goals in a row tied the game at two. Toronto uh, played a, a pretty sloppy. I think both teams were kind of sloppy, super sloppy. But it was a, a fun game to watch. You know, with that win last night, Montreal getting the ninety six points. I think it was you who told me that's the highest point total a team has had, and not going in the playoffs. They tied Boston for the record. 
Yeah, yeah. so – and that's fine. It's, I'm not going to sit here and cry sour grapes. The rules are the rules. Montreal could have had 98 points, and even if they had 98, I don't think they would have had it, right, because Columbus had the tiebreaker. That's right. They, uh, they beat Ottawa, so – If Montreal had have beaten Carolina in that overtime, mm-hmm. Montreal would have 97 points. Carolina would have 98. And if Montreal beat Columbus in that game that they needed to win, Montreal would have – 99 points and Columbus would have 96 points. Montreal would be in the first wild card seat and and uh, Carolina would be in the second and yeah. Columbus wouldn't be in the playoffs. That's right. That's how close it was. Like it was that's insane. It is insane. And Montreal had to win those games and they didn't. And the penalty for not winning games you have to win is that you get your golf swing worked yep. up a little early and you get to watch hockey on TV. Hmm. And that's fine. It's it's a collective thing. I'm not going to cry here and say, oh, it's a Montreal was robbed. There's three teams in the West that didn't get as much. It is a fact. It's fine. It's, yeah, fine. it's, it's fine. fine. Montreal did very well. And in that win, they, they went 7-2-1 and one for their last 10 games, mm-hmm. which is the best record in the Eastern Conference mm-hmm. in the last 10 games, 7-2-1. Nice. and one. No one else got that many. Um, it even gets a little bit more specific if Montreal had have won the game against Carolina but still lost the game against Columbus – Columbus actually had the tiebreaker against Carolina, and they would have would have had the same amount of points. Columbus would have been the first wild card seat, and they would have played Washington. Oh wow! Which would have been a rematch, mm-hmm. and Carolina would have played Tampa Bay. So one one overtime in the in the league has determined a playoff matchup, which is kind of cool. It is cool. It's bad for us because our team was on the short end of the stick there. Yeah, but, but in the West, as much as the playoff. Candidates were pretty much determined before anyone started playing yesterday. The matchups were not. Yeah. And if you look at the West, St. Louis and Dallas and and that whole division, the whole division was just crazy. (laughs) Uh, Winnipeg. It it could have been so many different combinations of matchups that you didn't dare leave early because you just didn't know. I think it it was a week ago that it was possible for Dallas to go on a bit of a run and get first in the division. Like it, it. that's insane. Like it, there's, they were so close. So, uh, really exciting time. Yeah. The uh, interestingly about Ryan Paling, I thought, and your mind clouds things. He was only drafted in 2017, and he just appears now. So you think of him as a as a kid, but he's 20 mm-hmm. compared to he's two, co- two years older than Kakanyemi. Yeah, compared to Kakanyemi, he's an old man, and he of course played in Saint Cloud State. So Paling has worn the sea. Mm-hmm. Because St. Cloud State's logo looks a lot like Montreal's logo. In fact, it was They're affiliated, modern mo- uh, modeled after it. Interestingly, as well, he's from Lakeville, Minnesota, the exact same hometown as Charlie Lindgren. Yeah, and they play together. In they play together they, somewhere. They're five years apart, so it would have been. No, not, they play together somewhere. Yeah. Now he his one of his best buddies is Ottinger, who was drafted, I think, by Carolina or. Was it Dallas? Maybe it was Dallas that drafted him. Uh, but yeah, so he and Lindgren are from the same hometown. Uh, and it's a, it's not a, well, it's fairly close to Minneapolis, just south of the city, but it's it's a fairly widespread community. 50,000 people live there. But to have two guys on the same team from mm-hmm. the same hometown, and you could see Lindgren and Paling kind of congratulating each other last night because they were both on the ice for the win. And uh, I thought for sure that they played together. If they did, it might have been in a, in a tournament I thought it was of some against, kind. No, I thought it was... In St. Cloud State. Uh, Maybe not. I don't know. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, Columbus and Ottawa. Columbus won 6-2. Didn't watch it. Buffalo won 7-1 over Detroit. Didn't watch it. Uh, New Jersey won 4-3 against Florida. Didn't watch it. Carolina beat Philadelphia 4-3. Didn't watch it. Uh, The Rangers, I think they came back in that game and beat Pittsburgh 4-3. Didn't watch it. The Islanders... Georgiev. Uh, Georgiev made 39... Uh, Georgiev. Georgiev made 36 saves. Georgiev. <laughs> uh, the Islanders beat Washington 3 nothing. Nashville beats... Uh, Sh- that, that was an important game because that gave them home ice in the first round, that win. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It, was, yeah it, was so, an, it was an important game. Yeah. The, but, reason, yeah. the reason I'm not going into depth in a lot of these games and picking apart teams for losing is because a lot of these teams had a lot of players out of the lineup. Uh, like last night, I think Toronto had like three defensemen out of the lineup. Um, in the Tampa game, there was a bunch of people out. I think even the Boston on the Boston lineup, there was some people out. So. Um, just quickly back to the Ottawa-Columbus game. I didn't watch it either because why would I uh, at that point? Hey, if 
if Columbus had lost on Friday night, I'd be definitely watching the Saturday night game to see what would happen there. But it was Columbus's visit back to Ottawa after the trade deadline. So mm-hmm. you've got Duchesne and Dezingle in your lineup in back in Ottawa. Your, your win six to two over the Senators, but yet Duchesne and Dezingle both go minus one. Oh, wow. Just saying. Interesting. Oops. So that was definitely worth the mention. <laughs> yeah. uh, Nashville beat Chicago five to two. Dallas beat Minnesota three to nothing. And that gave them the top wild card. So different. It did. Changed, changed their seating there. Yeah. Really? I yeah. don't think that. I think. No, that they were they already had it before, prior to this game. Did they? Oh no, you're right. Yeah, sorry, you're right. Yeah, Colorado needed to win, and Dallas needed to lose for Dallas to lose that wild card spot, right? Uh, or that specific wild card spot. Um, Winnipeg beat Arizona four f- two, I think. Yeah, four two. It's written down. I here. watched yep. the end of that game, and I just remember Dustin Bufflin cross-checking someone much smaller than him, and then that person take a swing at, at... Did you see that? No. No, I didn't. So the, I wish I remember the person's name now, but or the player's name. He was going into the boards a little bit to get the puck, and Dustin Bufflin went boom right down in, the, in his lower back Ooh. and forced him down hard into the ice. Um, I think it was more so the size and power difference than anything else, uh, but that player got up. And two-handed, Bufflin basically crossed the chest. No. And Bufflin just grabbed him and threw him at the, in the ice or whatever. I, the NHL might look at that one. Wow. So. Winnipeg, by winning that game, they got home ice against St. Louis. They're tied with points. Yes. They both have 99 points, but Winnipeg wins the tiebreaker based on more regulation exactly. wins. It was an important game for Winnipeg. It was an important game, so they got it done. Yeah. Uh, the Edmonton versus Calgary. I did watch this game. Edmonton won 3-1. to one. Uh, Man, Calgary's so frustrating to, to watch sometimes. They, they have the Montreal syndrome where... <laughs> They're trying to be too fancy all the time, and they yeah. just won't shoot the damn puck. Like Johnny Gaudreau made some brilliant move, moves to get in front of the net. He was all alone in front of the net and was looking for the pass, and nothing happened with the play because he was looking <laughs> for the, Like, just shoot it. Like, so frustrating. Um, anyways, it was it was a fairly decent game, but not I would say not typical Edmonton-Calgary rivalry. Mm-hmm. I think Calgary was holding back a little bit physically to avoid any injury issues. Uh, L.A. W- uh, beat Vegas 5-2. to two. Mm-hmm. San Jose beat Colorado 5-2, to two, mm-hmm. I think. Yep. And that wraps up all the games. I didn't watch those last two games. Yeah. So the final standings for the West, Calgary's with 107, San Jose with 101, Nashville with 100, Winnipeg with 99, St. Louis with 99, Vegas with 93, Dallas with 93, Colorado with 90, Arizona with 86, Chicago with 84, Minnesota with 83, Vancouver with 81, Anaheim with 80, Edmonton with 79, and the LA Kings with 71. Over in the East, Tampa Bay had 128, Boston had 107, Washington with 104, the Islanders had 103, Toronto with 100, Pittsburgh with 100, Carolina with 99, Columbus had 98, Montreal with 96, Florida with 86, Philadelphia with 82, the Rangers with 78, Buffalo with 76, Detroit with 74, New Jersey had 72, and Ottawa had 64. And that wraps up the final standings of the NHL season for each conference. It went by in a flash, didn't it? These are the top eight in the league, officially. Going across, they're all seeing the postseason. So which is the biggest surprise in Jersey's I, behind us. I think the Islanders yeah, me too, uh, definitely. Are, are the biggest surprise and the, and the most pleasant surprise, too. I'm very, very happy that they're there. And uh, I'm just really excited about this. I uh, would have playoffs. never predicted that the Islander jersey would have been ahead of San Jose, Toronto, and Nashville this year. Well, we can go back to the actual, we're, we're going to do a video on it, but your prediction for the Islanders, do you know what you predicted them to have? 72, I think. or 71. Yeah, it's pretty bad. So that was 32 points yeah. away from uh, what they actually had. I, I predicted them wrong too, but not quite as bad as you. I had but. another really, really bad one too. I think it was in the West. Uh, I can't remember who it was. Oh, you, Calgary. You had a couple of real stinkers. Cal- Calgary was the, yeah. my bad one. In the- uh, you were way off in New Jersey as well in the East, in the, yep. wrong, in the wrong direction. Buffalo as well. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a very interesting uh 
prediction set that we had. Mm. You were quite good. We were both, well, we'll I got get, Pittsburgh we'll get almost we exactly. Yeah, I got Colorado and Ottawa exactly for points. Hmm. Exactly. Just saying. There you go. And that's the way it is. And that's the way it is. Uh, <laughs> the old Walter Cronkite exit. I don't have anything else to talk about. I don't think I do either. Um, I will save my Jonathan Drouin repeat discussion for some other time, but uh, I'm... Would you I, like to be a part of the Montreal seasonal recap video? Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. I would pay money to be on that one. Okay. So I will, uh, I'll, I'll say what I have to say at that time. I'll hold it now. Okay. But I just will give a bit of a preview. I would retain salary to get rid of him. Oh, yeah. Just saying. I would do. I would retain a lot. I'd be allowed to retain up to two point seven five million. Yeah, I would do it. I don't know if I do that, but see ya. Well, if I got eight and a half in the cap and I'm not spending it on anything else, why not? I think Ryan Paling had more goals in his one game than Jonathan Drew had in his previous twenty. Well, he's had more goals in one game than he's got three three goals more in one game than Victor Mete has had in the last two years. <laughs> the last 191 games or whatever. <laughs> Poor Victor Mete, and he's such a good player. And I'm very, very, still very positive on Victor yeah. Mete. So that don't change a thing, Victor. It'll start happening. Exactly. But, uh, wow. Montreal even put him up uh, to play forward for a couple of games last year just to try and get him his goal near the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he he is a special player, though. It's just sometimes the hockey gods yeah. make you wait. He'll score. That's all. Yeah, he'll score. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he'll score a bunch. Yeah, he will. Yeah, um, yeah that, that wraps up the podcast. Uh, thank you guys for, for listening and watching. Expect uh, probably quite a bit of content coming in the next couple of days. I don't know if we're going to film anything tonight, but we're definitely, I think, filming some stuff tomorrow night. Yes. Maybe yeah. potentially all eight. Oh, but, great. Okay. Uh, I'll... Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I'll plan for that. No, I'm I'm actually fine with that. They okay. they won't be that long. Yeah, videos anyway. Five, so five minute ones. Or yeah, something. it's not going to be that in depth. It's really it's interesting how we changed the channel from uh, regular season to playoffs, and it reminds me of a statement I heard a couple of weeks ago when we were getting ready to release a new computer system at work. And one of the things I do is help support the people who who uh, do that building of new systems. And a new, uh, a vastly new and updated program for our customers as well, for our clients. And as one of the team leaders said, we're not trying to get this thing to the finish line. We're actually just getting this thing to the starting line. Ah. And that's really what the playoffs are. Yeah. Like the regular season is finished, but this is really just the start, the starting gate for the playoffs. There's so much more to talk about when the playoffs oh, are going yeah. on. Sometimes the season drags on a little bit. It's just like, oh, what am I going to talk about? And the 15 teams that didn't make the playoffs, you are now officially forgotten. Mm, yeah. You know, we'll do a recap on all 15. That's fine. But you're forgotten. You're just, uh, you don't matter anymore. Mm. And that's the way it is. And next year, maybe you will matter if you want to. Oh, <gasps> dang. Uh, so thanks, guys, for for watching and or listening, regardless of how you consume our content. We really appreciate that. Hope you're having a good day, watching lots of hockey. Um, prepare to, to watch lots of post-to-post videos in the next couple of weeks. If you're a fan of us, that's great. So, um, yeah. We'll, we'll, oh, one thing. Congratulations oh. to Jesus Price on Discord, who is a user on Discord. He won the prediction uh, contest we had going on. So you predict every single game of who's going to win. Oh, yeah. And you get two points for a win. And then we've... we've uh, been keeping keeping track all, all season. Every month we do a, a point squish, so new people have a chance to catch up. Uh, but he he did win pretty handily, actually. Nice. Um, so he gets a special role on Discord. He gets the, a gold name for the remainder of the playoffs um, this season on Discord. Thanks to Jason and his he Jason programmed this bot and this this whole prediction system. Sixty thousand predictions, basically, just under sixty thousand predictions. Holy smokes! Which is incredible. Like, just think about the amount of games that are played. Every team has 82 games. 82 times 31 is whatever. Whatever that is. How? What is that? Well, 82 times 30 would be 2,060, and then add another one. So it'd be like 2,142. 2,542. Pretty close, though. Dang. Anyways, so 2,000. 542 games played, but 60,000 predictions. That's, that's That great. gives you a, um, an idea of how many people are 
using the prediction system in our Discord. That's great. So we don't know if it's going to continue during the playoffs. It'll depend on the NHL API, which we the bot grabs the information from. We're not sure how the NHL is going to set up the API. Um, so fingers crossed, hopefully it works fine. If you want to be on in the prediction in the playoffs, please come join our Discord server. There is a link down below in the um, description of this video if you're on YouTube. Um, if you're not on YouTube and you're just listening to this, please go to our YouTube channel. Uh, pick any video in the last year or two years, really, and go into the description. Get the Discord link and uh, join Discord. And uh, you have to get verified and stuff and do a couple things. Super easy. And, yeah, be part of our prediction system. Also, we're going to have a bracket challenge, and that's only going to be available for our Discord members. I will be releasing that tonight. So it, there's a lot of incentive. There's a lot of fun things happening on Discord. So, yeah, hop on. Have some fun. Congratulations to Jesus Price. I do follow him on Twitter. Do you? Yep. And uh, he's got some good tweets out there. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Um, so congratulations. It was it was, a, it was a fun year. And, I mean, th- can't not say thank you to Jason for oh, the wow. ridiculous amount of time. Literal weeks of work, or maybe months. Like, I'm not talking, like... I made this, I programmed this bot over a couple months. I mean, like, collectively, if you took all of the time that he's worked on this bot over the past year, you probably have over a month of just literal working on the bot. So He's a genuine stud. Yeah, he, he the, the amount of work that he's put in is, is pretty incredible. Nicely so, done. Uh, none of this is possible. None of the Discord is possible without Jason. So he, he does a lot of stuff behind the scenes for this channel. So we really appreciate that. Um, and, yeah, so thanks, guys, for watching. Hope you're having a good uh, weekend. And I hope you're excited for the playoffs. We'll catch you then. Adios.